You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation 2 to 7 p.m. Central Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, he is also the victim of having to study the New York Giants offense this (laughs) week. Uh, I mean, the football team as a whole. Uh, We'll get to the defense today and uh, take a look at the offense on our final show for this week. But, Brian, before we uh, dive into some of these storylines surrounding the Cowboys this week, how's it going? It's going well, Bobby. Thank you very much. You're right. Uh, But uh, I've kind of learned in the NFL, don't take anybody lightly bit, even though this team has problems scoring. And lately they've had problems giving up points. So uh, that's what we do. We sign up for the whole whole, – the whole dinner, and exactly. uh, we'll talk about the whole dinner t- today a little bit. Yeah, this isn't a buffet. You don't get to pick nah, and choose. You, you got to study it all. And you know uh, me, I love a buffet. I'm uh, all about the buffet. We, we we all do. We all do, Brian. All right, so let's start off with some of these headlines uh, impacting the Cowboys this week before we get to the Giants' defense. Um, we'll lead off here first with uh, Martavis Bryant. I know we referenced it a little bit. Uh, on the show earlier this week, he is uh, joining the Cowboys for the rest of the season, um, and and somebody who, you know, this is as we mentioned the other day, he's not even in all likelihood at the same spot Josh Gordon was at when Josh right. Gordon returned to the field, and and Josh Gordon had been away for a long time. Martavis Bryant has never been the player that Josh Gordon was, so it, it's good to probably temper expectations, have have reasonable ones for what this could be. Um, but Brian, what is 
What is your thought or expectation about what Martavis Bryant can potentially do here and why the Cowboys made this move? Is this indicative of anything they think about the receiving core or is it just a, hey, we're buying a lotto ticket here? Yeah, I was told not to read anything to as far as what they think about the receivers. I think the lotto ticket is the best explanation. Uh, They're kicking the tires on a player that has some size, 6'4", 215 pounds. If he can still run like he once ran when he played, uh, there could be opportunities there. They're going to try and get him in shape. I saw him working on the field yesterday, I believe, with Britt Brown. I think that was him that was working. I, it, it looked very much like either him or Curse, you know, with that tall, long. <laughs> Those are the only two, yeah. Where if you see if yeah, you see a tall, tall uh, long body guy, guy that, that's Yeah, I, c- I couldn't really tell from walking into the star, but it looked like that Britt Brown was on the field working with him and trying to get him acclimated to getting back into football shape, which he talked about. But here's a guy that at one time had speed. He's got size. This is a kick-the-tire situation. Now the way that the what COVID football brought us was uh, expanded practice squads and veteran expanded practice squad players. It used to be a time where if you had so many years in the league, so many games played, you could not put a veteran player on a practice squad. And now with the way the rules have changed – the addition of a, of more practice squad spaces, uh, you can do stuff like this. You can kick the changed tires for the better. By the way, that was a. I good think it change. absolutely changed for the better. So you know, and you look at the situation too, where the Cowboys have had some issues with uh, with red zone, uh, tight red zone. Is this a taller body down in those situations? Again, kick the tires for three weeks. Watch him practice. Watch him get in shape. You can elevate these guys three different times. Maybe you kind of got lightning in a bottle here on this one. Yeah, and, and look, he's somebody who incredibly talented has not played since 2018. Uh, I well, he's played the, like XFL. And yeah, not other, NFL football. Not obviously. NFL football. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I, I mean, you're talking about a guy who the last time he played, I believe, was for the Raiders three weeks after they traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys. So that's True. the reference for how long ago we're talking about Martavis Bryant last playing in the NFL. Um, but a guy with a, a lot of ability has never been able to stay out of trouble. That's been a, a big issue for him. Nick Eatman from DallasCowboys.com had mentioned with us on uh, 105 Through the Fan in the Morning Show on Wednesday. When we were asking him about it, what he thought about it, he he said, Look, I, he's like, I, I don't know, I have a hard time having any level of excitement about it because to me, I don't see how it's any different than the Antonio Callaway or Tack McKinley type of signing sure. we've seen recently. Yeah. Do you sure. think there's – Do you, is that the category you'd put it in? Is Callaway and McKinley just a, hey, let's see what they can do? Or we could make it T.Y. Hilton if you want. You know, I they, mean, if you got if you got what T.Y. Hilton gave you, which was a couple yeah, of big you catches, go. you'll take you that. Go. Yeah, there you go. Remember T.Y. Hilton once they kind of got him uh, – once they got him going. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton had – you know, was not as far as removed from playing in the game. But, you know, yeah, the the Cowboys have had some signings that have kind of scratched your head and you're wondering. But they figured it out. They figured out, well, the guy can no longer play, and they move on. But they've also – I mentioned a a T.Y. Hilton. Well, they were able to – you know, get T.Y. Hilton, convince him. He comes in. I remember the – what was it, third and 30, and they throw the ball down the left sideline, and he catches against the Eagles for a huge play. Uh, there were a couple different uh, – he drew a pass interference penalty on one play at one time. Uh, you know, that's that's the hope right there. E- e- you're not you're not giving up a roster spot to take a look at this guy. That's, that's where we're at right now is that if in two, three weeks he looks like, wow, well, this guy is worth elevating. And maybe it is. Maybe, uh, 
you know, maybe there's somebody else you do, you know, maybe the situation with, uh, uh, you know, somebody gets hurt or they, you know, or they want to go with a bigger body in there, you know, you know, there's, there's no, there's nothing wrong with what they're trying to do right now. It, what, what we should be screaming is that you didn't do anything at the trade deadline. And we've done yeah. our share. We've done our share of screaming for that. Uh, yeah, exactly. We, we, we've weighed in on that plenty. Uh, before we move on to uh, some of the questions about the offensive line heading into this game and some interesting things they had to say about Tyron Smith uh, yeah. that Mike McCarthy had said yesterday, um, the Martavis Bryant thing, uh, would it be reading too much into this or, or trying to connect dots that aren't there? And we'll, I'll ask Mike McCarthy about this tomorrow uh, on 105 Through the Fan when we get a chance to talk to him. Is it? Do you think it's fair to say, hey, you've got a 31-year-old player who's been out of the league for four years, recently reinstated, given another chance here. Do you think there's anything they can learn from the reacclimation process that they went through with Alden Smith, who was in the exact same situation, and just say, hey, we can learn from from what it was like to try and get this guy back into an NFL schedule and an NFL process and, and apply some of that to Martavis Bryant? Or do you think it's just apples and oranges? I think it's kind of apples and oranges right now to myself because what happened to Alden Smith, did he revert back to some of the problems that he'd had before? You know, that was what, you know, and, and, you know, we'll see with Bryant, uh, you know, but but when Alden Smith was here, there were some times where he was actually pretty good. You know, there was early on. He he had that three sack game against Seattle. There was some, there was some times where he was, you know, like, like the Alden Smith of old, but yeah, I, I, I think it's really, I think it's apples to oranges there, Bob. I really do. I, I think every one of these players that deal with these issues are different. It's, but you know, how do you support them and how do they respond to the support that you're giving them? That's the, that's how I, I think that 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 it could be very much, uh, you know, something that we need to focus on. I think the Dallas Cowboys have a great support staff. I really do. I think they do things in order to help them players try to overcome any types of issues that they're dealing with and give them that support. You know, but uh, the player also has to be the one willing to, to, to take the support as well to make it all work. Uh, Mike McCarthy out at the Star this week uh, talking to reporters. The question about Tyron Smith, who, who had a rest day on Wednesday, um, the question came up about, hey, he had a dominant game against Philadelphia, really turned back the clock, looked like the Tyron Smith of old. Absolutely. Um, he he leading up to that game did not get practice in other than the Saturday walkthrough. That was the the only amount of, of work that he got leading into this one. And now Mike McCarthy has said, and this was uh, per Clarence Hill's uh, description of it, that Mike McCarthy had said that they are going to consider staggering his practice load similarly the rest of the way. Um, now, a, a lot of times I know there are coaches and teams that view it as, Hey, a lack of practice also sets you up for potential susceptibility to injuries and and things like that. And and you know, getting in those reps is important. It's hard to just step in. With Tyron Smith, it may just be a different question because the guy's seen so much football, played so much football, right. and you may just look at it as, hey, let's do anything we can to minimize the number of opportunities for him to get hurt since we've seen so consistently how he gets hurt. Brian, what do you think about this thought process from the Cowboys that they may say, hey? It's not just Romo Wednesdays. It's potentially Tyron Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Do the walkthrough and then get out there and and hope for the best on Sundays. Yeah, if you can guarantee me that he'll play like he did against Philadelphia every week, I'm all for this. Uh, you want to hear me go on a really big rant, 
Bobby, and I did it earlier today as we taped this on a Thursday on uh, the break. I, I, I think practice is important. I do. And I think it's important for a team that struggles with what we talked about, that 911 stuff, where it's an details. emergency. Details. Yeah. I think it's, you know, these veteran days and all that, I get it. Having a healthy team is important. I mean, the Giants guys were amazed talking to them today uh, how healthy this Dallas Cowboys team is and, you know, and just recently had its bye. But overall, you know, McCarthy has done a good job. Yeah, they've lost some guys in practice. Unfortunately, lost a guy in practice with Diggs. You know, that's something I think that's hurting them right now. But to me, I think practice is important. No disrespect to Allen Iverson. I think practice is very important. And I think practice is important when they start to run – you know, these rub routes and pick routes and, you know, working together and trying to kind of figure out how to make the running game a little bit better. You know, how do the like the combo blocks, how are we going to do this, our steps right, you know. There's just so much that you're leaving the chance when you don't practice. You know, Tyron Smith has made a career really of not practicing and playing games. That yeah. he, he is, he's the poster child for that. You know, how many times have we seen, well, he's got to practice tomorrow. Well, he's got to practice the next day. Well, he's got to, you know, and he didn't practice and he'll play, you know. But I I just think that, to me, anytime you're giving up practice, you're, you're hurting your football team. And Mike always talks about how much he loves practicing, you know. But he has all these veteran days. And it's the veteran days are guys that are key players, you know. I remember Amari Cooper uh, – uh, Several uh, several seasons ago, probably two three seasons ago, when he wasn't on the field for the Philadelphia game in the final the final drive of the game. Yep, yep. And you kind of got the feeling it. Well, he goes, "Was a coach's decision? Was it coach's decision because you didn't practice that week? You know, could we not put you out there in those situations because you hadn't practiced? Practice is important to me. I was never uh, I was never uh, uh, in college was never a good enough player in game day. I, I I was a I was a deep snapper, long snapper. I practiced every day at it though. But there's other guys, I mean, you practice, you go out there and you work, and when the time comes and the attention to detail you talk about, that's what you do. You know, you're ready for that situation. And I think the Cowboys and some of the things that they've missed out, attention to detail is probably because they don't practice all the time. It is an interesting question. Again, it's a different proposition when you're talking about a guy like Tyron Smith who's seen so much football and and knows the game like he does I'm sure that they feel he's like different. Hey, you know? he's the yeah. outlier in this because yeah. because if if you guaranteed me that he was going to play they had they had a they had a a doga ready on uh you know on the on the they were, we were talking about top gun today and I made the the, the line I made the uh reference to cat two catapult two you know mm-hmm. but it was ready five i think is where you know everybody you know when you like when they were they send the mission off and we have a guy on ready five you know to to send off in case adoga was on ready five you yeah. know he was he was ready to go and they didn't need him they didn't need him in the game but if you can guarantee me that tyron smith is going to play like that every single week I'll go play. Uh, I'll go play video games with him the whole time practice is on. You know, I'll do whatever you know, whatever you want me to do. You know, if I'll, I'll go, I'll go to lunch with him. Whatever you want me to do, if that's the case. But I don't know if you know Tyron Smith's to the point now where he could walk up the ramp going to the airplane and he could get hurt. You know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, back, it's just it, it can the be wrong way. Yeah. yeah, sat on a plane for two hours, back tightened up. I mean, that's where that, that, he's at in his career. Absolutely. Yep. 
Yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they play it. Hopefully you get more games like that from Tyron Smith if, in the future. If it's him and they do that, I understand. The others, I think there's ways around this without having to sacrifice practice time. Yeah, that's, we're talking that, about we're talking about a very unique injury situation. Like yeah. the only guys you would probably consider this type of thing for would be a Tyron Smith or back in the day Sean Lee, where they tried to yeah. avoid Lee getting hurt um, yeah. because it's just you were trying to minimize the number of opportunities. Anytime they to, bump it, anytime they bump into people, there's a potential for damage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, Brian, the New York football giants come to town, a team that you hammered 40 to nothing in week one. And you know what's funny is I remember watching that tape of the game the Cowboys played against the Giants. And I I watched the Giants this week, their, their last couple games. And we'll get to the offense later this week. But, Brian, stunningly enough, this is a much worse football team than the one you played in week one, I think. This is a bad yeah. team. Yeah, they're, they're struggling, uh, especially offensively. The quarterback situation, uh, the offensive line is uh, is just not been good at all. I mean, just not good at all. And that's that's really – and I think, Bobby, the offensive – struggles have carried over on the defense i i think that there are things defensively there's players defensively uh, you know if you watch uh if you watch uh Kayvon thibodeau play against the jets mm-hmm. you understand why he was selected where he was the three yeah. sack game and then there's other games where you watch him against the dallas cowboys in week one and he didn't have a pressure nor did he have a sack yep. you know to the cowboys credit for the way they played that game or for that way they played that day but I think overall, though, um, you know, they're banged up. Dory Jackson, one of their better corners, uh, is dealing with a concussion. He had a neck injury in the Buffalo game. I'm kind of hearing whispers that he's, you know, he's if he could get through today, tomorrow, that he'll likely play. So that would help them at cornerback. Uh, Banks, the rookie corner, has had some really good moments. I think the best player, though, on their team is Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle. I think He's that's fantastic. I think that's the one guy, and I would not be surprised with the struggles that you've had at center and some of the struggles that you've had at right tackle. There you go. When you start to talk about Thibodeau against Terrence Steele, when you start to talk about Lawrence against uh, Tyler Biotish, those are a couple of bad matchups for the Cowboys right now. 
when you look at the overall picture of, you know, okay, who would you be worried about in this game? And I think that, you know, the thing with Lawrence is he's, he's just so good playing the run, but he's so good at rushing the passer. I mean, rushing the passer is taking the center and walking a 310-pound man straight back into the middle of the pocket, into the quarterback, and yep. then when the quarterback pulls the ball down, then he stands there and tackles the guy. You know, that's the kind of player he is. And we've seen Biotish have trouble with guys on his shoulder, maybe guys attacking his snap hand, you know, that right hand, attack that snap hand so before he gets it up. And But Thibodeau, same way. You know, he's very capable. Of, he plays both sides of the defense. He's capable of, of, of having a game where he could get pressure and get sacks. Showed it against the Jets. Jets bad offensively. Totally understand that. But there's some there's some things. You're you're how many times are you going to be willing in this game to put both those guys in those one on one situations? You know, will will be a re- that, repeat of last week's actions. Th- that's some and and that's definitely those are, are matchups that you have to worry about. I'll say this, and I don't want anybody to uh, confuse it and think that we're we're saying like, oh, these Giants they can no. really pressure you. There there's no. the any given Sunday aspect of this. This is a bad football team. No, right it is now, a bad on, football on team. Sides. Yeah, not that yeah. you're not saying otherwise. I'm just clarifying for, for people who right. think that, like, if we're trying to say there's anything here. But I, I want to read a quote to you. After the game uh, last Sunday where the Raiders, who were spiraling, fired their head coach, were, yeah. were just in an awful situation, absolutely thumped the Giants uh, in, in a game on Sunday. After that game, uh, Xavier McKinney, a guy who's played at Alabama and has an understanding He's a good of, player. We haven't even talked about him, but we're yeah, about to, I, yeah. Understanding of NFL culture, understanding of locker room optics, understands all those things. He spoke to ESPN after the game, and he said, I think that from a leadership standpoint, I don't think they, talking about the Giants coaching staff, they've done a great job of letting the leaders lead and listening to the leaders and the captains. That's a toxic situation right off the bat. And we'll look at the offense tomorrow and some of the issues that Dayball and this this offense have had. But looking at the defense, Brian, um, you know, it's it's – it's not schematically, at least what I see, very different from what we we talked about in week one. Um, it's still very that Wink Martindale, like, hey, tra- yeah. yeah, try to guess who's coming. We're going to show yeah. seven guys and five of them are coming. You got to guess which ones. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's it relies very heavily on that. The, the first player, though, that I want to identify as we, we talk about Kayvon Thibodeau can be a problem. Dexter Lawrence can be a problem. I don't know how the Giants, if they're committed to Cordell Flott playing in the slot, I don't right. know how CeeDee Lamb doesn't go for 200 yards. Yeah, that's, that's an issue. You're absolutely right about Flott that. Flott has not been good. No, and that, that's, a, that's a problem for them right now. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, in week one, Trey Hawkins started, and, you know, Trey Hawkins has only made two starts. Trey Hawkins started on the outside, but I was kind of thinking, man, Trey Hawkins has to be better than what Flock has been. Uh, mm-hmm. From the Giants, you talk about a guy that plays a lot of loose coverage. Uh, you know, he's uh, when he needs to be up on a guy, he's not. When he needs to be back, he's up. I mean, he's there. Seems like a lot of chaos to his game, and and I mean chaos in a way that it's causing the Giants coaches. And what's so interesting about the Giants and Wink Martindale is that like almost half the time you're going to get a blitz from them. This team plays. They play more cover zero than any other team in the league. And, I mean, cover zero, it's no safety help. They're coming after you. Like, you know, so they're they're blitzing as soon as they get off the bus. 
the one thing that Dak Prescott has been really good at throughout his career is playing against teams that blitz him. You know, yeah. he has figured out that that if you're going to pressure me, I'm going to find a way to make plays. And for as much blitzing as Wink Martindale does, boy, he puts his secondary in some harm's way. He really does. And you mentioned Flot at corner, uh, Banks being a rookie. Uh, you know, Hawkins. Banks, Banks will be good. He is going through. I think Banks is going to be a good player. But oh, he's there's no question. Going through. Yeah. He takes some rookie lumps. There are moments I, that look good, but he, I, he takes his lumps. I'll tell you what, the, the Jason Pinnock, the, the safety, the other safety they have, number 27, I think is a really good player. He was I was going to say, I, I, he was I a converted, him. Yeah, yeah, he was a converted. Yeah. He was a converted corner from Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh. Yep. And I'll tell you what, he's the one guy, that, I would love to have him on this team because there's a safety right there that can cover. You know, we talk player. about yeah, we talk about corners that play safety that have cover skills. Pinnock is a guy that does that. You know, I, I could very well see them. How do they treat Jason or, or Jake Ferguson in this game? How do they treat? You know, could Pinnock be the guy that they say okay? Because if you look at Pinnock, I think it's I think ten, uh, twenty four targets, ten receptions. For you know, for, and they have an interception. He's given up a touchdown, but he also has an interception. You know how how they going to play? How they going to play Ferguson? You know you're you you're right. Their their struggles their struggles are going to be having to deal with Lamb, but maybe with Pinnock they have a guy that can actually play against Ferguson and work from there. But the, uh, you're, you're right, Bobby. I'm not trying to blow smoke up everybody's butt and say this. You know, but there's but there's players on the defense that can give the Cowboys offense offense trouble, especially in spots that they've been struggling. Right tackle, center. Or a couple of spots I think of right there. It's 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 funny. So talking just sort of generally, not specifying anybody in general, just talking about them as a unit defensively, Brian. Um, you know, last week when whenever we've we've heard a lot consistently about like, oh, they want to establish the run. The Cowboys want to establish the run. They want to do something. We talked yeah, last week. Struggles against the run. Yeah. yeah, where we talked last week and we said uh-huh. Philly that like this isn't gonna be the game where you're gonna be able to establish the run. Sorry, right. they're not gonna let you do it. Giants, you might be able to. Even Four with some of your offensive shots. Lines, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you might be able to. Because here were the two things that stood out to me, Brian. Again, like as a unit, not necessarily specifying any player, just watching them as a unit. I don't think they move well horizontally. I don't think they cover sideline to sideline very well. They take bad angles. They yeah. they seem miss, to be they miss tackles too. That that's yeah. the other thing. They yeah. miss tackles and they don't play with a lot of speed to the sideline. And right. so if you want to if you want to kind of, you know, Dallas has this year with their run game seems like they're trying to kind of widen things out a little bit. Right. If they want to widen things out this week, there might be some trouble for the Giants in stopping that. Yeah, and like I say, I to me, if I'm Wink Martindale, the first thing I'm thinking about is Dallas doesn't run the ball particularly well. And my thought would be trying to do everything to stop Lamb, Ferguson, and, and Dak. That's my first line. of my first line. But maybe the Cowboys come out and say, okay, we're going to try and run this ball a little bit and uh, try and maybe work on some things. to. If they go into this game and they try and run the ball and don't have success doing it, now you've got even bigger issues. You know, because you're right. This, this, this. You know, but you got to block. You got to block Ferguson. Excuse me. You got to block Lawrence. You know, you got to sure. block. You know, I'll I'll say this though. You know, the the linebacker play for these guys. Uh, is not a bad player. I don't think he's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think he's a terrible player at all. But I'm just saying though, 
it the, to me throwing the ball against these guys seems like a, another better option, especially with what's going on at nickel and what's going on at, if a Dory Jackson doesn't play at the other corner. You know that that seems like to me that you know if you can handle the blitz, you can throw the ball, you can make plays. The Cowboys were able to do it last time, but I can see the Cowboys coming out and trying to establish the run a little bit. And but if they don't have success doing it, man, now you're now now where are you at? <laughs> you know now where are you at as a as as far as your thoughts on their running game? Yeah, I mean, look, this is a Cowboys team that has played really well at home over the last yeah. few years. Dak Prescott. Uh, plays really well at home. They they yeah. they really they they are friendly. That turf has been friendly to them. They play yeah. fast on it, yeah, um, sure and they they're able to take some some more shots down the field or have been historically over the last few years. And so this feels like Brian another opportunity to really establish, like we mentioned, what you want to do with Ceedee Lamb. Like like yeah. if you want to talk to him about like who do I think we're going to be looking at after the game on Sunday and saying, wow, he had a big day. I think CeeDee Lamb, if they choose to yeah. – what, what's been their approach in recent weeks, it feels like, is let's just get Lamb the ball. Let's right. get the, let's let's listen to him. I don't think it's a bad plan. I don't think it's a bad plan. If they're committed to that on Sunday against the yeah. Giants, CeeDee Lamb, I think, is going to have a massive day. He might be player of the week. You're right about that, especially against Flock if they run him out of the slot. Yeah, because yeah, Flot and, – and look, Flot – I mean, we talk about Flot and coverage, and I don't want to just bully your LSU guy there, uh, Brian. I, I don't want to just go after an he's LSU struggling in co- He's struggling in college. He, he's, he, he's struggling in college as well. He's a, he's a thin player. He, he's a very, very thin, thin player. Very, thin. But very slight. Very it's slight. not just been in coverage. He's been he's been really bad in some of the run support. And, again, if you want to talk about trying to get the ball out wide, he yeah. he's going to have trouble there yeah. if you run into his side. Right. So just something to watch for there. Uh, you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. It's where we, uh, as usual, turn things over to our dear, sweet listeners for uh, their thoughts, their questions, their comments. Uh, First one here from Scott Williams. He says, shades of Atlanta years ago, coaches (laughs) didn't help that tackle either. Uh, Any insight on why they didn't adjust more to help steal? 
Uh, was the center that big of a concern? What is the issue there? Brian, would you have lent more help to that side? All right, man, we talked about it in the, the one area that we had some concern about. Well, the two areas, it was center and it was right tackle. And I'm, I know for a fact that I know on Love of the Star and I know on our show on 105.3 The Fan that we talked about, and even in the pregame shows and stuff, do you, do you try and make that these uh, – do you try and make uh, Hassan Reddick and those guys have to play a, a full man outside? Do you put yeah. a tight end over there? Do you put a wing over there? Do you bring a wing across and chip? Do you chip with a back? You know, I, I only saw one time. I mean, I've noticed one time where where Pollard was at the left side and worked left to right to help Steele on the outside, but they let Steele play that game one on one the the whole entire time. And there was a time actually where Rico Dowdle could have helped. I got to go back and look at the play. There was a time where Rico Dattle was checking. He checked his linebacker, and though Graham goes running inside right by Steele, yeah. and and Dattle just goes right past him. And you're thinking, a guy that had played maybe more snaps, maybe he had a little bit more aware, could have probably helped Steele right there and picked picked a you know at least given uh, you know got a body on Graham and not let him have a free run at Dak. You know, there was, it was, it was, I don't think it was as bad as that, that day in Atlanta, but man, going in, you know, you knew that there was probably going to be some help that needed to be administered. And it, it, I don't think it was on the level that, that it needed to be. Yeah. I mean, Steele has, has definitely struck. Now I'll give him credit for this. We've talked about Steele a lot over the, you know, the year plus that we've done this. There, there is nobody that works harder. Um, if, if this, that guy, if, yeah. yeah if, this, if these are technical flaws, uh, you know, you know, if these are things that can be fixed yeah. with work ethic, then Terrence Steele will fix them. It's just a question of, of right now of how much of it may be health and how much of it is just limitations uh, physically. We, we've always known him as a. We've talked about him as a plus plus, like run blocker. But yeah, the, just, the last two years he's been one of the better run blocking. One of the better run blockers. The There's struggles with the passing game. He just physically gets overmatched at times, and when he gets off balance, he sometimes he has the unbelievable ability to recover, and then sometimes he gets beat very quickly when he gets broken down, and that happened to him in the game the other night. Uh, next question here. There, there's actually two of these. So uh, Josh and Gru. Uh, the first one from Gru. I assume that's a, uh, a reference to Despicable Me. Uh, Gru, can you guys break down what the hell is going on with Pollard? We know Steele has been bad. Is there any way to scheme this offense for him to get better run lanes? And then Josh Peterson asking similarly, offensive line issues aside, is Pollard a tick slower this year? I keep wondering if he's lost a step after the injury. Brian, yeah. do you see... A lot of the running game is going to be what's blocked for you, and, and the offensive line has obviously struggled at times with the run blocking. But what uh, what what do you think is Pollard's responsibility in the struggles? I know he had talked about during the bye week. He said he thought he was being too predictive for or too predictable for defenders, and that they were able to to get a beat on his his running lanes and where he was going with the ball. Man, uh, if, what, if, what do you what do you think he what part do you think he shares in the struggles? If he's seeing running lanes, God bless him because I sure haven't. I, they they haven't been as good at the tight end at the point of attack. They haven't been as good with Martin and Steele on the right side. 
they've had some breakdowns on the backside. Tyron Smith's been beat a couple of times. Tyler Smith's been beat a couple of times. They haven't got the center up on the linebackers particularly well or handled down linemen when he's been involved. Yep. Uh, if, if you tell me their lanes there, I, I, you know, I mean, they had a good run the other day. Uh, I believe Dowdle had the run that they got through the sector off the right side, right outside edge. And then they get the holding call. They could have called holding on Ferguson and they could have called holding on Schoonmaker both if you wanted to be honest about that. Uh, yeah, it, uh, is is Tony Pollard as quick as he once was? Absolutely not. He's not. There's He, he, he suffered a, a terrible injury. Uh, he came back. He rehabbed. Uh, it's taken time. I think he's lost a, a little bit of his quickness. There used to be a time where Tony Pollard would make somebody miss, and then he would be into the secondary. We always said that, that why did he average a whole yard better than Zeke? You know, because when he yeah. got to and through the hole, he was – there was that explosiveness. Do you, do, you, do you think that's a and, and obviously I'm asking you to to you know project a little, but do you think that that step that he's lost is that a function of hey first year removed from the injury he's he's going to be working back there there's got or do you think that like that injury may have robbed him moving forward? Look what it did to Prescott. You know, look look yeah. what it, Prescott suffered. Uh, I, I don't think it's the same injury. No, it's it was, not. But. It's it's very but lower leg injury, ankle, yeah. you know. And what what's the most important thing for these guys in your ability to run? Ankle flex, you know, the ability to put the foot in the ground and push off that and go. How much ankle flex do you have? I I personally just don't think Pollard's as quick as he once was. He had that ability to slash and and dart and do and I, I haven't seen that, but I haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of blocking up front for him either. They've tried to do things with pulling guys, double teaming guys, and all that. They have just not been very good at it. That that's the that's the real issue going forward. Next question here from Matt. Uh with Tyron's injury concerns, is there any chance you get him ready to play versus New York and Carolina and then you sit him for the short Thanksgiving week? Uh, against Washington. Uh, it seemed like he benefited greatly from a week off before facing a tough Philly defense, defensive front. So, uh, Brian, would you at all consider, hey, as part of this, you know, attempt to stagger him and keep him fresh, like let's not stick him out there on a, a four-day, you know, rest, a three-day rest uh, going into the Thanksgiving game? Well, he'd have a full week to get ready for Seattle, right? Yeah. I need to I need to see the you know the commanders. Yeah, that's Thursday up. to Thursday, so yeah. that would be a full week. So commanders would be a yeah. A, I don't. I you know what? If you're giving him time off for practice already, I don't see any reason you need to be worried about not playing him in games. So I, I would play him. I mean, I'm gonna I'm, if I'm gonna manage it, I'm not gonna manage it with games. You know. He's already missed a game, and I've lost one he of them. Did, yeah, he, he's he's missed two games, and I don't think with the yeah. financial incentives on it, he would. I don't think he wants. That, I would yeah, imagine. yeah, I don't think he wants to miss games when you're taking money out of his pocket. So no, I don't think they would do that. But next, I, but personally, I, I if you want to manage it through not practicing him, that's probably the best way to go. We had uh, several people ask uh, a, a version of this question, so I, I can't attribute it to one in particular, but. A lot of people want to know what's going on with Schoonmaker. Have they missed on him? Do you think he's just there's there's a little bit of a you know growing process here? What what have you seen on tape from him, and and what do you think is are, are these issues that are correctable for him? 
No, I, I think the thing with Schoonmaker, and I'm the biggest Schoonmaker apologist because I saw the tape at Michigan, and I thought it was I love really, the player. I, I thought it was really good. I think the point of attack blocking. I think he is doing his absolute best. I think that you know the successes that he had in college, you know, w- with the way they ran the ball behind him. I think that I think it's you know there's a big difference between blocking Minnesota and Indiana and Ohio State than there is blocking you know, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and other teams that he's played so far. Um, I don't I don't think they've missed on him. Uh, I think that where – I think that you saw what he's capable of doing with the with the catch that he made. Yes, did he not get in? I mean, it, it's – that's just – that's just – I mean, he got tackled <laughs> really at the goal line. And, he you know, he got the ball. He tried to get in. You know, unfortunately, he – you know, it was short. I, I'm not. I, I'm not throwing dirt on. I'm not throwing dirt on him right now. And if you want to come after me about my view about the guy, I'll sit down and watch tape with anybody who wants to watch Michigan tape with him because you could see him as a as a dominant player. I I totally get what the coaching staff and the scouts saw in him as a player at Michigan. It's just yeah, right I- at right now through week nine, it hasn't translated. Hadn't translated like I thought it would. I thought Michigan's offense held him back as a route runner and as a, a catcher of the football. Yeah, I th- I, and I think it's, I think it's important to remember too. Like, let's just look at at recent history for the Cowboys and and tight ends. Tight ends still like you know we become used to okay some quarterbacks can step in and make plays as rookies receivers can step in tight end has has been one of these positions that guys sometimes take a few years Dalton Schultz took a few years to yeah. to become the player that he did block um, me on Twitter because uh, because I was saying I was throwing dirt on him just look know? at just just look at the uh, the the last fifteen years of Cowboys tight ends that have come through this building Martellus Bennett did not become Martellus Bennett till years later. Um, Scott Chandler, and not a guy they drafted, but a guy who came through this building and didn't become a a really solid, stable tight end option until Buffalo later in his career. Uh, Jake Ferguson, look at the leap Jake Ferguson's made from from last year to this year. Um, so I, I do think that there's has it been as good as you want it to be? No. Is, no. is he behind where we expected? Probably. Yeah. But I also think there there's there's room for understanding that this tight end position is still one of these ones across NFL circles that I think young players have an adjustment period when yeah. they make the leap from the NFL or from college to the NFL. Totally agree. All right, that does it for us here today on the Love the Star podcast. We got one more coming your way. We'll have Giants picks in that one. We will uh take a look at news coming out of the Star and uh, we'll also uh review the torture that is the New York Giants offense. Um a quick uh, little preview for you there. Uh, I'll give uh, Danny Tommy DeVito credit for this, uh, Brian. He at least is not scared. That not guy is not he's, at he's all. Got, he's got some Ben DiNucci confidence of I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this thing. He's baby. gonna throw that thing, and if he doesn't like it, he's gonna run that thing. He is. He's he's got some legs. Uh, and and I'll also say this: when we're done talking about the Giants' offensive line, I think you'll feel better about the Cowboys' pass protecting because the Giants may be the worst in the NFL. Uh, for Brian Broadus, I'm Bobby Belt. That does it for us. We'll talk to you guys again later.